welcome you into the Sporting Pod, along with Mauricio Ruiz and Tony Allegretti. I'm Cole Pepper, and today we are talking about the biggest controversy in American soccer today, the U.S. Open Cup. But before we jump into it, I want to remind you to become a member of Sporting Jacks. Just go to SportingJacks.com. You can uh, become a member for free. You can get discounts on club merchandise, opportunities to be involved in VIP events, to be entered into a win, great giveaways and prizes and experiences. And while you're there, you can also put down your deposit for season tickets for the Sporting Jacks men's and women's teams. Just go to SportingJacks.com to become a member today. Okay, um, <clears throat> shortly after we concluded last week's uh, episode of the Sporting Pod, Tony Allegretti got fired up because it has gotten more interestinger and interestinger, Tony, about the uh, U.S. Open Cup and the way that uh, MLS is handling this. They continue to try to create barriers uh, for this oldest sporting uh, soccer competition in North America. What's driving all this? Yeah, I would say money. Mm -hmm. I think money and a little bit of greed. Um, I really feel like what we need to do is refocus on growing the game. Put aside whatever, you know, sort of closed loop monopolistic behaviors of the MLS. This isn't such a hardship to them to come along to help other leagues, other blossoming leagues. I mean, I think of, you know, even, you know, amateur uh, sides, um, we're leaving them all behind uh, for what, you know, and, and it's just, it's really, um, it's really disappointing and it's really uh, sad that um, that their the the MLS sort of infrastructure is is showing their their colors and it's um it's really soccer in America that's that's taking the punch. All right, let me kind of clarify or not clarify, but uh, further explain sort of the big thing that changed before we get too deep into this. For those who don't know, uh, in the past when U.S. Open Cup matches were played, the and it was played at a lower divisions. Uh, a site, which typically happened the first time uh, teams come in. So uh, first division teams come in, say, in the quarterfinals, and the sec uh, second division teams enter the competition in uh, the round before that and so forth. Um, the lower division team hosting, they would get the gate receipts. And there'd be, some, there'd be a, a certain amount they would have to pay to U.S. soccer as a hosting fee. But for many of the lower division teams... This was a huge moneymaker every year for uh, clubs that, ha that operate on much, much, much smaller budgets than an MLS team did or even, frankly, USL championship teams will and do. So the newest proposal is that it would be a 60-40 split of the gate receipts, basically taking away 35-plus percent of the income of the revenue that these smaller-sized size teams would be making from hosting a U.S. Open Cup match. Mauricio, you uh, and I have called some U.S. Open Cup matches that were held at JU, where um, then the Armada were hosting and played uh, you know, Orlando City, for example. Um, that, was a, that was a decent payday for, uh, for uh, then even a second division team um, uh, in the NASL. 
when you start talking about the NPSL teams or NISA teams or some of these smaller uh, organizations, that this might be the biggest payday they get all year to host a U.S. Open Cup match. Yeah, and and if it's not just a payday, right? I mean, it's the it's the nature of the game. It's one of the it's it's one of the oldest turn. It's the oldest tournament in the U.S. It is an international format tournament. You you see it in in England. You see the FA Cup, and you see the the, the Copa Rey. You know, in 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 Spain. This is where the little ones get a chance to fight, you know, right where, where David gets to fight Goliath. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there's money and there's arguments for why the MLS are doing it. And we we, uh, we, we can disagree with it. But ultimately, like, it's, it's a sport for the community. Yeah. And I, if you're taking that away from the community, if the little ones never have a shot or they won't have an opportunity, then, you know, what, what are you doing? It's whack. And, and, and it's like it's it's greed, but it's also they're scared. They You know, they don't really want you to know that um, Stevenage on a cold and rainy night can beat Arsenal, right? Like there's there's the magic. The game, of, right? No, I know it's the magic of the cup, and they don't want they're, they're, the the magic is something that the NFL uh, the NFL Freudian slip Freudian slip that they don't the, the MLS doesn't want you to know um, that the competitions not that really that far apart you know and so it's uh it's it's sort of destructive to the um to their main narration the only other thing in american sports that comes that sort of as an analogy for this is march madness and that's because you have the opportunity for every conference in america division 1 conference has the chance will put a team in Every college in the country has a chance to earn their way into March Madness. So by merit, based on performance, they can get in. Then it's up to them to do something with it. And whether it is a, you know, um, upset in the first round or a team that goes all the way to the Final Four that's a, an 11 seed or something, that captures the, the imagination. I mean, Loyola Chicago a couple of years ago was uh, uh, got more attention for their run uh, in the in the tournament, then they had you know since they had a website, they had more clicks on their website in a you know in a month than they had the rest of the time of the, of the website. So you it gets a lot of attention. It also to your point, Tony, uh, your Freudian slip about the NFL. Many of the MLS owners are NFL owners as well, and we know how NFL owners think, and that is how do we grow the bottom line. That is not an un-American approach in the slightest, it, but it is almost at all costs. It is a short-term, how do we get more money right now that is the issue with this U.S. Open Cup situation? Because it's pretty clear that since um, MLS and U.S. soccer and some split, that MLS is operating as if they are the NFL in, in this setting. And here's, here's what I find interesting. While the NFL is the only professional outdoor football league that anybody puts any uh, attention to, and you talk about the USFL-XFL merger league. Well, that would be a cool cup. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be a slaughter, by the way, yeah. you would because ha- you've got guys who can't even make a 53-man roster who are starting on one team, and if they played with their best players, you're talking about the best football players in the world. On the other side, it would be a, it w- it would be a, a domination. But the difference in... The sport, by the way it's played, by the rules, uh, and by the level of player that we have in the United States, um, and even elsewhere, 
you can have cup sets and you can have these teams rise up and have these moments. And to your point, Tony, about it being about the community, if it truly is about the community and about the about, about the, the communities that support soccer in this country, by not allowing those communities, particularly the smaller communities, by excluding them from this competition, it's taking away the opportunity for those communities to love you know to, to have those beloved moments with their soccer clubs and what MLS owners I think are thinking is we don't need them right we want those we want yeah, fans in it's Chattanooga so it's so un-American to me too it's a small like the the these major sorry to interrupt but these major markets right this that's MLS is only in really major markets they're mm-hmm. owned by billionaires it's not about the growth it's not about growing revenue it's about protectionism and I think that's just the it's wrong headed. It's the reason that we don't have you know Microsoft phones right now because they they concentrated on just protecting everything that they had and and didn't innovate. You know, and so uh, we're not going to get a great product, and we're not going to grow the game. There's kids all over this country, and they're not just in these major markets. Mm-hmm. And we need them to be have access to pro soccer. Well, well that's my concern, right? You're, you're, either grow, you're growing the MLS brand and its association with La Liga, you know, with, with the Liga MX when you did the, the, cup, the cup League and last the year, cup, the League's yeah. Cup last year. So you're growing that brand in, a, in, a, in your Hispanic Latin market, which is predominantly here in the U.S. as well. Um, but you're growing the brand, but you're not growing the game. Right, because you want the brand to continue to go up in value, right? Five hundred million dollars to kind of buy in, and then eventually going to be at a billion dollars. Some teams already value at at a billion dollars. What does that do to the rest of the soccer landscape? Which, by the way, we haven't arrived as a soccer country yet, right? We're still a forever emerging nation that has the potential, but if we haven't capped out, the difference is with the super leagues that they're trying to do, you know, in Europe, right? Like super club leagues and things like that. There's there's a bit of a, a cap and a ceiling, like how much bigger can the Premier League get, right? How much bigger can the Liga get? So they're trying to figure out, well, let's get even bigger. Because they're already big. We we're not big here in the in, in the US. Like MLS, they've done a great work in the last 20, 30 years to get to us where we are now. And it is a good league and it's it's valuing and it's bringing soccer to communities, but it's not done yet. We're not done in the US growing the game. We haven't arrived as a nation necessarily yet. So there's more work to be done. To you, to your point then, how will you know when America has arrived and when MLS has arrived as a soccer league in a soccer country? Well, I think there, there are two components, right? When we compete at the World, World Cup level. Semifinals. Right. I mean, like, that's the biggest testament that we can have. And not to say that it's all we get, you know, if we host, we get to a semifinal We've seen other countries do that, and that doesn't mean that they've arrived. I mean, they've had a really good momentum in their home country to maximize and play above their skin to kind of get to that point. And it'll be great, right? And I think we'll get more attention. But it's really when the salary cap in MLS break. Because then there are ambitious owners all over the world, whether they might be Saudis or might be American owners. We have a lot of billionaires here in the U.S. that are not Saudi. But if they were, like... The infusion of money that's happening all over the world doesn't happen here in MLS. So we don't get stars here, right? We are like we, we are patriotic to our brand if our brand is best than the other brand. But right now our team isn't best than the other team compared to the World League. Like when when an MLS team can compete against Real Madrid, can compete against Juventus, then that's when we know we'll arrive. The only way to do that is by opening up the salary cap, bringing in this top players at the top of their league, not one or two, which is great, 
but when our league can actually be a top league in the world, you know, like every other league here in the U.S. It's interesting what you're saying because you talk about um, Inter-Miami's roster, and you've got Messi and Busquets and uh, Suarez um, and Alves. Yeah, I mean, but they're 30-plus they, and these above, are all, right? This my yeah. point is these are all guys on the back end of their career. They are certainly beyond their, their uh, greatest years. Now, Messi won the Ballon d'Or last year. Uh, you know, that was a swan song, it, probably. Ar- arguably. Well, yeah. He did win it, and it, maybe it was a lifetime achievement award uh, in some regards. You would have thought that maybe Holland would have been the winner, but um, Bellingham, uh, Bellingham, whoever. You know, th- there were plenty of good candidates. Point being, though, um, Luis Suarez is not. You know, this isn't a rising star. This isn't Jude Bellingham signing to play in MLS. That's one way you'll know is exactly because the money will be here if it's allowed to be spent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would that would signal a change in the approach that uh, the MLS owners would have with the way that they are structuring and have structured the league. Uh, on the other hand— But then your money is not protected, right, which that's the case yeah, now. Yeah, right. It's profit protection. Right. Yes. Yeah. And back to your point about protectionism, Tony, yeah. which really is sort of the approach that it is taking. And I, again, I have said this many times before. I totally understand how um, the, the reasoning behind the way that MLS was set up coming out of the, the 94 World Cup, it was out of necessity. They had to have a league, and they had to set it up in a way that was protecting because nobody knew if it was going to work or not. Uh, the, it did not develop the way other leagues have developed internationally. So I get it. But the the, the way that they're operating now, in large part, is stuck in the past. Yeah, well, and also um, they're, they're really um, not very well cloaking their actual sort of feelings on growing it either. Right, yeah. like, so, it's uh, like the bad guy's name is yeah, Victor Von the, the reason that they do a, a, <laughs> a new tournament with Liga MX is because Liga MX is more popular than they are, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, you know, it's money. By the way, it's, as is the Premier League as far as TV ratings course, are concerned yeah. in the United States. So, which well, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a tournament with them. No. Right? So, um, so, so, so then, um, they, the the other things that they're saying they're saying some quiet parts out loud like the 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 one with the um the the tweet or the the social media thing where they had the cartoon of all these you know stars it's like all the you know main players and all the trophies from last year but they left out Houston in the Open Cup which they won yeah. like how do you like dude it's so transparent how just rude that is it's a hundred year old uh. You know, cup. competition. Yeah, it's, it's it's ugly and it's and it's protectionism, and um, I really I do I feel for MLS fans because they're um, they're kind of stuck. I, you know, they love the cup. You know that you know that um, the the excitement, even if their team did make it, like Birmingham made such an awesome run. If your team played Birmingham and they they um and you were at that match, you you probably had a good time, even though you didn't make it. it it's it's fun well, to see a cup set. The risk is that we might be at an impasse, right? Like where they might just, you know, you know, put their heels on the ground and say, well, we won't play. And they're going to start operating as their own sanctioning league. And U.S. soccer have allowed and in many ways have partnered with them in marketing with some and different things. So does U.S. soccer actually have the leverage to hold them to the fire? Yeah. I'm a little worried that they're going to be retributive to this podcast and, you know, maybe send some goons. <laughs> Well, you can send me to Tony's house. Uh, he's from the Chicago <laughs> Allegretti's, so just be ready. Don't look it up. <laughs> Don't look it up. Uh, so, all right, let, let's let's use our crystal balls here. I want to ask each of you 
what's going to happen over the next uh, 12, 18, 24 months with regard to MLS and their operation with the Open Cup and in the general American soccer landscape? Mauricio? I believe there's going to be a limited amount of MLS teams participating, um, the ones that believe that Open Cup. I do believe that there are a lot of MLS uh, owners and technical staff that believe in the power of the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe- yeah, by the way, it's the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, right. and Clark Hunt, Lamar's son, owns Sporting KC. You'd think they want to be in it. Seattle yeah. has yeah. always put a lot into yeah. it. FC Dallas has a lot of Let's be honest. It's okay if not all of them are in. Right. That's kind of been the thing anyway, yeah. right? Not, not all yeah. USL teams, although I think yeah. most Yeah, are. but, but if, you, and if you talk to, obviously, you know, there's two different viewpoints. There are the viewpoints of the, the ownership and cost and then some technical staff talking about extra games and, you know, and, and, and extra load. But there are coaches and there are technical directors that, can, that see the Open Cup as a great opportunity to play their 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 main roster younger players that need time they're not necessarily on that reserve team but haven't gotten enough minutes during their season and if they're good enough to make it all the way to the end yeah then you have to worry about your top players playing more minutes yeah. in the quarter semis and finals but until then like they have a roster big enough to manage those early players and you can't tell me that's a cost thing for them right so i think there are a lot of coaches in the league that had a great experience as former players in the Open Cup that will love to see their team participate. So my prediction is that you're going to see a limited amount of teams participate, maybe as suggested in one of the proposals, in the later rounds, in the 16th round and above. Tony, what do you think? That's totally fine. I mean, let's just let's just be honest about it. Let let's um, it, you know, I think there there is room uh, to give MLS something, you know, meet in the middle on some things, but um, but it's it's uh, this um, it's being held hostage now, right now. Like the 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 insinuation is that it couldn't happen without the MLS, and so the MLS will um, has all the cards. I think the recent article today, actually, in the Athletic, talking to Garber is like you know, really made it sound like um, they make the tournament you know work. Um, I I feel like that's way overboard and I feel like there's a there's a real opportunity for them to look better and to do more for US soccer uh, by coming together on most of the accounts. I may be skeptical of major sports decision making when it comes to anything other than trying to develop the bottom line. I think in the next 18 or 24 months we're going to see a US Open Cup that does not include any MLS clubs, and it's going to be the USL championship teams are going to be at the top. And I think that is going to trigger another set of questions and perhaps opportunities that is going to change the soccer landscape. That's just my opinion. We can circle back to this in a year, see if I'm right or wrong. But I think I think we are at the start of a process that is going to reshape the American soccer landscape on the men's side. Okay, so that would be Awful. That would be another way that the U.S. is doing something unprecedented. There's no other major, you know, FAs or, or uh, associations in other major soccer playing countries that does that. And so we would be setting a precedent in another terrible way. Listen, we set precedents all the time in American soccer because of the way it started, the way it's been developed, the way it's been financed. Um, what other countries have two Division One women's soccer pro- uh, leagues? Like it happens all the time. Some for good, some for bad. Um, fair, fair point. I, I think I still I, hate it. I don't. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Um, you, there's a there's a great 
topic that Mauricio brought up for a future podcast in there. Um, and that is about where does MLS and USL Championship rank among global leagues? That's a topic we'll cover on a future podcast. But uh, until then, we want to remind you to make sure to share this podcast with your other soccer fan friends. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform uh, and subscribe to our email newsletter. Just go to sportingjacks.com to sign up. For Mauricio Ruiz and Tony Allegretti, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to The Sporting Pod.